you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we explore the jewel, help deal justice to escaped prisoners, and decide Nell's fate. Welcome to episode 20 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. And I would like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. We hope you're enjoying the show. And I'd like to invite you all to our Discord, which is at mash.gg slash Discord. And uh, yeah, we have Horizon channels there, Zero Dawn Forbidden West spoiler channels too, so you can talk spoilers if you like, and those channels, don't don't be that person. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, recap before we get started with today's, I know, content. Uh, so on our last episode, we continued our trek through the Zero Dawn facility, and we learned about Aluthia, uh, and also got to see Elizabeth interacting with Gaia. We got a copy of the Alpha Registry so we can enter All Mother Mountain uh, from the Zero Dawn facility, but that was right before we got captured by Helis, and then, you know, after he monologued for a little bit, well, it wasn't really a monologue, but you know what I mean, uh, he threw us into the Sun Ring, but we escaped with the help of Silence, not Hilo Silence, but real in the, fre- in the flesh Silence, so that is what we did in the last episode. And now, from a main quest perspective, Aloy is going to be heading back to the Norlands, which are kind of actually under attack right now. But before we do that, we did want to, you know, talk about the quest and the rest of the Sundom, uh, you know, before we finished up with the game. Because once we hit the Norlands, we're going to be kind of full speed ahead until we hit the end of the main game. So there's a lot of area in the Sundom that we have not talked about. Uh, so today we're going to start with the jewel, which is one of my favorite areas in the game. Yeah, to be honest with you, I I agree. I really I didn't like it at first just because of the threats, but once you understand how the enemies work and stuff, it's not bad. I think I said this on a previous episode, but I actually really enjoy the jewel at nighttime uh, because one, you can see those enemies a lot better because everything's glowing. Uh, and two, it just looks so cool with like the color that they put on it for the nighttime effect. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I would say, my favorite, some of my favorite areas of the game is one, the jewel because it's pretty big, but then also that area in, in the northeast of the sacred land, right before you start to climb up to the Banu clans, is actually really nice to look at too. But it's not that it's not that big of an area. So I don't like cold, so <laughs> it didn't really <laughs> it didn't really grab me. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, so we're in the jewel, which is the southern part of the map. Um, we I don't know if Meridian is actually part of the jewel. I don't think so. If I feel like it's right outside of the jewel because the foliage changes a bit. Like right outside Meridian, uh, it's definitely like a warmer climate, <laughs> yeah, but like the foliage definitely changes the deeper you go into the jewel. So uh, I feel like Meridian is just outside the jewel, uh, but essentially it's a tropical jungle. And it comes equipped with its own Stormbird. <laughs> that's the that's one of the first things you see. I, I think no matter almost where you enter the jewel from, uh, you know, to I never, a degree. I never looked up. Actually, I fought that Stormbird multiple times because that's the one. It's I feel like the easiest one to go to because it's just like flat. Oh uh, well, there's a there's a Stormbird in the Sun Steps that. Uh, not the one that's near Day Tower, but there's one of a little bit farther than that. And that one, that entire area is flat as well. I never so, went that direction, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's near the area that has those two Thunder Jaws next to each other. So I saw them and I didn't. I went close enough to get an item, but not to aggro them. 
Yeah, the bird is is close to there, but like if you fight the bird, I highly doubt it's going to spill over into that area. Like they're never going to see you. But I know what you mean. Uh, but this is the one. I, I'm not sure if we. Yeah, we did talk about this bird because this is the bird that I know I fought when I did the Hunter's Lodge like trophy quests. That's the one they tell you to go to for that. So I I fought that one as well because sometimes trying to decipher between Glinthawk Nest and Thunderbird, just looking at it on the map, I'm like, wait, I thought the Glinthawks were or Thunderbird, Stormbird. I thought the Glinthawk right. Nest were Stormbirds for the longest time. So like I totally avoided them, and then I'm like, oh no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so we did we did talk about that Stormbird before. Uh, but there's also a tall neck in the spear shaft. So this tall neck is going to clear out the entire southern part of the map, I think. Uh, yeah, like every, everything in the southern part of the map is going to be cleared out. Uh, now, this tall neck encircles a pretty large rock mass. And that rock mass has, is like, has a ton of long legs on it. Like, I know I killed three of them. And I think there were still three left when I, I killed, after what I fought. Yeah, I, uh, so I went in that direction following a quest, I think. Yeah, it was during the Hunter's Lodge, uh, going for Red Mall, I think. You have to cut through that area. Right. So I was like, I'll get the metal flower, I'll get the tall neck, like, I'll just clear my way as I'm going over. And when I first approached it, I think there might have been some stalkers and a bunch of other things, like, you're looking at it to the right. So I went to the left. Uh, which was like a scrapper and some long legs. And I was like, I'm just, I don't even care about being stealth at this point. I'm not really concerned about anything. I'm just going to go right. in. And if something sees me, I wish it would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 another thing about the, like fighting the, the long legs on that rock mass, it's, it's actually a pretty narrow place to fight. Like you don't have a lot of space to move. It's like you climb up there and it's like a pathway. It's long enough for like the long legs of it. But even once they like start moving around it, they were coming to fight me in a single file. It's a pretty narrow space. I actually fought them in the path of the tall neck. Oh, as the tall neck was. Yeah, like, he, moving he just around? takes forever to circle. So he like never ran into it. But well. This is if you're fighting in the path of the tall neck, you can actually get the tall neck to kill stuff for you because the, the, the tall neck can step on him and kill him. So, yeah, that's what I was hoping. I was like, worst case, you know, he'll just step on it. Maybe he'll activate a trap, but I don't think he cares. I had that happen at another tall neck site in the sun steps where I know there were two corruptors there and then one of them disappeared and I found his corpse a little later. Because of the tall neck stepped on it. Okay, we can talk about that when we get to it. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, getting onto the tall neck's pretty easy. This is one of the easier ones to get into because there's several points on the rock mass that you just jump over. I think the tricky thing is making sure you come down in the right place because that whole area is surrounded by enemies, like you said. So depending on where you come down, you could just you could come down right on top of uh, a group of stalkers if you're not careful. Yeah, I think yeah. I I don't think I had a problem jumping down. I think this is the first tall neck that I fought that I didn't clear the area. I think when you progress more in the game. No, I guess it just depends on the tall neck where like it's fine if you don't because it's such a big area and so many things in the way. I was like, eh, I'm not I'm not going to waste my time. But I did notice when you jump down, he lets out a little shockwave that will possibly stun some enemies. I had an instance where it didn't, but I wasn't seen. Um, but the little shockwave sometimes stuns enemies, so you're, like, safe. It does? Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I, I just thought it, it was an effect it did. I didn't know it had any effect on anything else around because I've never seen anything get affected by it. Yeah, because well, just, like, in a small bubble, because that happened to me at the other tall neck, I guess, to the the west across the river. Right. And the scrappers, I think it was, got like kind of stunned. I don't think the stun bar was all the way up, but they got kind of stunned, but they didn't see me. So I just kind of ran away. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Like I never, I never had that happen. I didn't notice what that was for. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But besides the tall neck, there are two corrupted zones in the jewel. Uh, but one is not even like, it's like, 
I think one is just, it's like three scrappers and three glint hawks. Yeah, that one was super easy. Yeah. Now, I know the other one we were just talking before, you said you didn't do it. The other one is actually three stalkers. And you have to swim over to it, which does give the stalkers an opportunity to see you first because yeah, you're close enough that they can notice you. But honestly, I did not see them as too late. I went during the day and I'm just swimming across and all of a sudden I get shot while I'm in the water. And I'm like, yo, like, what's I was like, is that a stalker? And then like not only was it one, it was like three. So yeah, I was I was more than halfway across the stream when I finally saw them moving and I actually went back. And then try to like maybe like you know do some damage and take them take at least one down from across the river, and then a stalker from a not a non corrupted stalker found me, and chased me across the river. So I actually had to end up fighting four stalkers. I had to fight three corrupted stalkers and one non corrupted stalker. So yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Yeah, I had every I intention. I went to that one. Yeah, and. I, I look into the zones before I cross over. I don't just go, oh, let me go across this river and see what's here. Because I know there could be stalkers, especially in, in the jewel. So I right. looked across the river and you're on the very edge of the map. So you can't go around another way. You have to like swim through the corrupted zone to get into it. And I saw the stalkers walking by and I was like, you know, I think I'm good. <laughs> and yeah, I just not, not today. Not today. Not today. <laughs> That's fine. I mean. It's not like you, I think you just get an achievement for clearing all the corrupted zones. You don't really get anything else from it. Well, that an experience. So yeah, I think I care a lot more about trophies on my PlayStation than I do about achievements on Steam. That makes sense because there's no platinum trophy on Steam. Yeah, you know that's what you want. That you want that that nice looking platinum the trophy. Nice uh, plat bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so. That's pretty much. Oh, there's a vantage point there too, which it was. It was a. It was near Sunstone Rock. It's a pocket shitstorm day seven. It's another camping trip. This guy went camping all the time, uh, and um, it says this trip helped him understood understand what he wanted to do with his life. And this is another one of those vantage points where I think you really need to read the full transcript to get the full understanding of it, which I think is something we're still going to do. Uh, after we finish up with the other content uh, for the main game. And the thing that's, that actually caught, that surprised me the most was that the image shows that this area, the entire jewel area used to be desert, mm -hmm. and now it's jungle. And it shows like off-road racing vehicles. And I wonder if it has something to do with the cauldron. I wonder if it has something to do with the cauldron. Because this cauldron's unique. But yeah, this entire area used to be, you know, because I mean, I, obviously we know that Everything's being terraformed, like, you know, the, uh, the Zero Dawn's terraforming platform. So why would it not return this back to what it was before, you know? Yeah, so. I almost missed this one because I accepted the quest in Sunstone Rock. And that's when I was like, OK, on to the next thing. And then I was like, oh, I need some health. And I turned around. And I was like, oh, there's a vantage point. The vantage point. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah, let's talk about Cauldron. It's I think it's Cauldron Zai. It's XI, but since all the other ones, you know, had names, I'm sure I'm sure this is not Cauldron Eleven, you know. Um so this is the most unique cauldron in the game. It's actually been rendered unusable due to a cave in at some point. And there's like foliage and stuff that's grown inside of the cauldron itself. And the Eclipse found it at some point and turned it into a dig site. So you end up fighting a lot of human enemies in this cauldron, which is something you don't do in any other cauldron, you know. Uh, so you just start outside the dig site, you know, just by clearing the camp. And there's like canvases of blaze everywhere. You just blow that up. You'll kill everybody pretty much. Uh, the cultists have these excavation keys and you need one to open the door to get into the cauldron, but I thought it was kind of useless, right? Like, okay. Okay. So I kept picking them up because I was like, maybe there's lock boxes inside the cauldron. You can hold up to five. And then when you go right. to loot more, it's like your inventory's full. I was like, where's, where is this even taking up space? It's your key inventory. So like, don't get rid of it. But they give them to you inside the cauldron, too. And I don't even know if you unlock anything from the inside. 
I don't think so. I think it's only to open the door. And it's so annoying because you can't then take everything. So I'm looting things and I'm like, oh, there's like, I think it's green. I was like, oh, there's a green item over here over and over again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because we have the memory of a fish. So. Yep. Yeah. Like I thought he was like, just let me go to the door and open it. Why is there even a door on this thing? Like who's going to break in? You're the bad guys. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're the ones. Like, I could understand if it was, because they do this in, in multiple different things when you're you're saving people where one specific guard has the key or it's hidden in a stash somewhere inside the camp. I don't understand why right. so many people had this key. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that felt a little useless. But once you get inside, the area is actually pretty large. It's more no- open than normal. Because uh, normally the cauldrons are like, tight hallways and stuff like that like no this is actually a pretty large area there's a disabled tall neck in there as well so i mean that was interesting i don't know if there's a facility to produce tall necks or not uh maybe but yeah there was a disabled tall neck in the in the dig site um and it's pretty cool looking i mean it looks like the jewel but it's inside and there's like you know you got the light rays coming in and in the beginning it's raining i don't know if it's raining when you yeah it's raining inside like was it what did you have rain in the jewel at that no no there it was not raining in the jewel like it was like on in the for at least for me in the inside of cauldron like where the light rays were coming like water was coming down oh i didn't even so notice. yeah so you know it looks pretty cool um the clips have like scaffolding and other dig site stuff in there and i don't know this might be the best looking area in the jewel itself <laughs> you know like inside this cauldron um and on top of that like usually you, you see in the cauldrons like lit up with that blue tint but this one is powered down and the light sources are like torches so it has like a different look and feel to it so i, I appreciate the effort they did so that you didn't go through four i mean even if they went through a fourth cauldron it looked exactly the same because the cauldrons look cool i would have been fine with that but no this one was actually different so it's nice yeah, this is the final one that I did. I'm kind of glad I did as well, because the one that I did before that was very boring. <laughs> very boring. Uh, right. So this one being the final one was really cool. It was a little annoying, especially towards the end, because they just keep throwing stuff out at you. And I'm like, can I please leave? Uh, but Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, the deeper you go in, you get to the area where you would normally have like your fight with the big machine, but there's no machine there and the core is already exposed. And I think the eclipse are trying to pull it out. They're trying to excavate it. Uh, um, and there's actually a good amount of soldiers there. And of course they got skull enemies all over the place, but you know, we treat them all the same at this point. Maybe they'll have fire resistant clothing in the next one. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, it, once you override the core, it actually p- powers up the cauldron back up and you hear somebody shout, what have you done? And then they flood it with eclipse. And there's also a timer on the screen at this point. There's a countdown. Yeah, I, I noticed that when I was rewatching the recording. I did not see that the first time. Does it do anything? Oh, really? Yeah, it's, I think it's the timer for either. I think I don't know if it's the timer for the machines coming in. Or it's the timer for you being able to get out of the room. Because you have to defend the core. That's the objective. The objective is to defend the core. Okay, that explains it because I think that's what it is. Because at three seconds left, it disappeared. And that's when I killed the final, like, scrapper or whatever. Oh, okay. So it must be defend the core. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. Eventually, like, once you... Well, yeah, that's what I, I think I think the machines come out before the timer is up, and uh, once they come out, like you know, because you're fighting humans at first, but they come out of nowhere, and it's mostly watchers and scrappers, but it's also a ravager. So the watchers and scrappers are pretty much fighting all the humans. The ravager came after me, so I took his gun and I killed everybody else. Yep. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, and the thing is, it's like the, the area is the same size as if you're fighting one machine. So that's the only thing. It does get crowded. It can get pretty crowded pretty fast. Uh, but other than that, yeah, once the countdown is over and all the enemies are dead, you can head like up and out of the area. And now you have to make your way out of the cauldron. Because normally when you override the cauldron, that's the end of it. It takes you back upstairs. But obviously this one's not doing that. 
So you have to, this is the only cauldron where you actually have to make your way back out. And on your way out, you'll run into stalkers. And they're pretty easy. To, you'll know they're there because you'll see their traps. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first one's by himself. He's easy enough to kill. Because, you know, I didn't even have to go down below to kill him. Like, I would set off one of his traps and he would come over and I would just, like, you know, shoot at him. I was having problems with that one because I was trying to shoot the trap with an arrow. I thought that would set it off, but it wasn't setting it off. I had to go buy it for it to set off. Really? Yeah, yeah. you should be able to shoot those with arrows. Yeah. I, if you want to look at my recording, I put like electricity traps all around it and then i started shooting it with an arrow from a distance and it wasn't working i had to run near it and then run away oh no no i i did it from the top like i was up top and i shot it and it went up in the air and he came over and then he died <laughs> so <laughs> but the uh the next one is like the, that large area that you first get into and now i think there's two maybe three stalkers there and then you still have human enemies there as well. So what I was doing, because the human enemies don't set the traps off. So once a human enemy like walk near a trap, I would shoot it with an arrow and then the stalker will go over there and kill it. <laughs> like, you know, kill the human enemies. And then I kill the stalkers and then, you know, um, I got out. I mean, killing stalkers at this point is easy because one shock, you know, you know, from the sling takes them down. And then I had triple arrow, like the triple arrow knock. Mm. at this point and six arrows will kill him just like that like gone yeah i try to be stealthy at this part at first um but then i was like uh no i'm just gonna go for it because i was trying to do the same thing so all of my bandits or eclipse or whatever were crouched down so none of them were really moving around they didn't move around until like if unless i got super close to them and then they would see me uh, I do think it's funny, though, if you go in the grass with them and they see you, they're like, what are you doing? Be quiet. It's out here. But then they start fighting you. And I'm like, well, they don't fight me if you want to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was never near one of them. Like, I would snipe them from a distance or, I would, like I said, I would get a stalker to attack it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was yeah. really funny because they're like, shit, it's out there. But then they start, like, smacking you. And I'm like. Well, I guess it's going to be over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, once you get done with that, you head upwards, you head out. And um, I think there's one more area where there's like walkers and uh, watchers and scrappers. That's easy. That's like right near the entrance. And then once you're out of the cauldron, it's complete. You get the uh, the message about all the overrides and now you can override glint hawks, freeze bellbacks, pyro bellbacks, behemoths and stalkers. And she says like, I think she says uh, so much for their scavenging operation. Yeah. So she says so much for the scavenging operation. They meddled with something they didn't understand. Like they did with me. That's what she says as she's leaving. But the thing is when you come out of the culture, like there's a huge fight going on outside. So like, it feels a little weird. You know, that she's walking out and saying that, and we still have to deal with, like, you have to deal with three skull enemies that all have, like, the the guns, and then there's Bellowbacks below. Mm Bellowbacks and Glenhawks below. So, I know for that, like, I just killed the guys with the guns, and I picked them up, and I used them to kill all the machines. I did the same thing, and then I took the zip line back over, because I was like, I missed the last zip line, let me at least ride this. And I was going across and I was like, man, it would have been so cool to take the zip lines as these humans and machines were just like fighting each other, like with explosions yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Ugh, I, I regret it. Like I keep regretting these zip line decisions. Uh, I didn't even think I just I forgot there was a zip line there. I just killed everybody and walked away. <laughs> uh yeah, so but that ends that cauldron. Like I said it's the most unique cauldron in the game. That was your last cauldron. That was my second to last cauldron. I did the cauldron at the Sunsteps last. That's the one I did last. Yeah, I did that one first, but also it had to do with another quest. Yeah. So I wanted to accept that quest and then get to it. But again, we'll talk about that later. So that's yeah, why we'll I did that, that one later. first. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, um, other than that, there's only one side quest, really, that you get in the jewel. Because like, there's, there's only one place to get side quests, which is Sunstone Rock. And uh, now, as you're approaching Sunstone Rock, it's weird to me because, you know, for, well, Sunstone Rock is being attacked by machines, but Aloy says, this must be Sunstone Rock, like we've heard about it before. 
I don't know who would send you to Sunstone Rock. In one of the bandit camps that you do, and I don't know if it's a specific one, but it was nil. You see him there, and I think he gives you a quest, and he helps you with that bandit camp. And he talks about Sunstone Rock and how he used to be there for a year. So it was, it was nil that told you about it. I, I, when Nil, so does Nil show up for every bandit camp? No. He only showed up for one of them outside of the final one. One of them outside of the first and the final. Yeah, like, I, I have no idea. Like, I, yeah. I see, you know, the funny thing is, the first bandit camp that you get in, I think it's the Gatelands, well, the only bandit camp in the Gatelands, I remember Nil being there. After yeah. I got done with that bandit camp. But this time when I walked out, he wasn't where I expected him to be. And I said, oh, maybe I just made that up in my head. Because I also told Neil I didn't want his help in taking on the bandit camps. Oh, so, okay. Maybe this was a side quest. I thought, so I talked to him before I went into one of them. Um, and he's like, yeah, I've been anticipating this. Let's go. And you take him in and he helps you. And then he gives you a little bit more info about himself. Um, you asked, you know, you were a soldier. You fought with the Karja, blah, blah, blah. And he basically tells you that, yes, he did. And I think he said that he did things that probably most people wouldn't like. And they sent him to Sunstone Rock to investigate or to um, pay for his crimes, which is funny because they were investigating everybody to who did what crimes and he's like yeah and i volunteered and aloy's like you volunteered to investigate he's like no i volunteered because that was my conf like i volunteered my confession like no sense wasting time in an investigation <laughs> right yeah so yeah so that's where you hear it from yeah no like so they didn't even try to make it seem like if you didn't have that conversation, like, you know, to change it. Cause she's like, Oh, this must be sunstone rock. And I'm just like, I guess it is sunstone rock, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, because he comes yeah. up in dialogue shortly after that too. I don't know if that also came up for you. No, he was not in any dialogue at sunstone rock for me. Really? Nope. He was not. Huh. I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Geneva talked about him. Uh huh. Yeah. You no. ask about him. Yeah. Nope, did not. So, well, we'll get to all that, but <laughs> uh, it's being attacked by two behemoths. And, I mean, we've talked about behemoths before. Oh, actually, I mean, we had to because that's who you fight in the Sun Ring. But from a, like, I guess from a chronological perspective, if you're doing side quests first, which I imagine a lot of people are, this will probably be your first time really seeing the behemoths. Uh, and they're two, they're, they're large machines. They're like rhinos. Essentially, that's what they kind of remind me of to a degree. And they're acquisition class machines. And their job was to collect supplies from smaller machines and transport them back to cauldrons. So their job was to, like, I guess, get the blaze from, you know, the striders or whatever collects blaze and, and then take it back to the actual cauldron for fuel or whatever parts it needed. Uh, but they have really strong melee attacks and charging attacks and they can also burrow rocks from the ground and kick them up and they can lift rocks with like their anti with their gravity ability and throw them but that can be disabled if you destroy like these things called force loaders and they just like canisters around its head for the most part so um it has a cargo container you can knock off but i mean just like shell walkers you don't i, I haven't found anything of value in one of those I didn't even realize. Maybe I destroy them every time. <laughs> I don't know if you can destroy the cargo container. It's like, I think if you hmm. knock it off, it just sits there. Oh, maybe you... maybe I just also haven't had anything of interest in there. So I just kind of wrote it off as like machine parts. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, after dealing with the machines, uh, Aloy goes inside. She talks to the Wharton Geneva. And, uh, yes, I mean, Sunstone Rock is, is a prison, if you couldn't tell. I mean, we, she has a warden. And uh, once you go inside, you can hear Geneva talking to a guard about what happened. And the guard says that a machine lore was found, but he wasn't sure how it got in. And Geneva says someone named Razgrund concealed it, uh, concealed it on his person. And the guard's like, oh, we searched him. How could he do that? And she's like, you don't want to know. 
And I'm like, I don't know, man. Those machine lures are pretty big. <laughs> yeah, they are, actually. That's why was, you don't want to know. Yeah, so it was a little weird. But after that, she can speak to Geneva. Warden Geneva, this is the one who defeated the behemoths. Outlander, I'm impressed. I don't impress easily. Tell me, how do you fare with hunting living prey? Haven't had any complaints. Why? Three dangerous prisoners have escaped. I need my men here, getting the others back in line. None of this would have happened if we dealt with criminals the old way. But I've clashed that gong before, and here I am. And here you are. What's the old way? To be buried up to the neck and left with a son's judgment. Seems to me like the judgment's already been made. Not one of them committed another crime. Who are these dangerous prisoners? Three from the isolation cages. Don't feel sorry for them. They've lived well off the Sun King's conscience. First is Rosgrund. Osaram trap maker, hates the Karja, crazy as a loon in heat. Caught in one too many blasts, or one too few. Then there's Ulia, a Tanakh warrior, if that means anything to you. Not really. Another tribe? Reavers, from the south, bloodthirsty. Some say they're cannibals, but she slurped gruel well enough. And the last is Gavon, a traitor who smuggled weapons to the exiles. Compared to the other two, this one doesn't seem so bad. He helped drag out a civil war, all for the shards it got him. A machine has more warmth. So the Karja keep their criminals in this place? Since the liberation. We've had them all, from thieves to the Mad King Geron's former Kestrels. The Sun King believes in the power of change, and sure enough, some did change. Shed their skin, like lizards. I thought all criminals were the same once. That's why the Sun King gave me command of Sunstone Rock, as an education. Sounds like an honor. I mean, I haven't seen any other women in Karja armor. No, I'm not one of your sisters. No woman can wear Karja armor. When I was young, I chose to become a soldier. One good enough to join Avad's honor guard. There was talk about what I was. So I'd say, test me, and I'll break your arm. After enough arms had been broken, there was less talk. I'm curious, but I'd rather we didn't have to start fighting. Agreed. So you want these prisoners brought back? No. I want them put in the earth. I doubt they'll give you any choice. They had their chance with the Sun King's generosity. So now they face mine. A bounty on all their heads. Ulia of the Tanakh, Razgrund of the Osram, and the traitor Gavon. If I did this for you, I'd need a lead on them. Well, when Ulia first swept through the Sundom, it was with the jungle bandits. I say she'll go back. Rosgrund we pulled out of a crack in Dusk Mesa, where he'd been tinkering with his bombs. And Gavon will be trying to pay his way across the lake. I'd burn my palm on it. Look in Bright Market. And so she wants Aloy to help her track down these three escaped prisoners. Rosgrund, uh, who was a crazy Asaram trap maker. Uh, Ulia, who was a Tanakh warrior. Uh, and this tribe, I think, uh, is a Tanakh? Tanakh. It's spelled T-E-N-A-K-T-H. Uh, and that tribe is from the south, which is not in this game. So it's actually, I don't even know if it's in the Forbidden West or the Southwest, but they said it's from the south. So I thought someone mentioned that they were in the Forbidden West, but I don't know. I could be making that up because I really don't know who or when. Maybe. So I think they're, I think I've seen images of them like putting around for them in the next game. So maybe. Uh, and then they also want you to find someone named Gavon, who was a Karjan weapons trader who traded weapons to the Shadow Karja. So uh, Geneva says this never would have happened if they treated prisoners the old way, which is to bury them to their necks and leave them for the sun's judgment, as she would say. And, uh, you know, I guess her and Avad butted heads on their philosophy. So Avad made her warden to teach her a lesson that people can change. And I'm like, well, I guess this isn't teaching them that much, that bad of a lesson, or that much of a lesson since these guys escaped and <laughs> probably haven't changed that much. Well, to know. be fair, I think Nil is an, a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead. What, what, did, what did she say about Nil? So Aloy asks, like, hey, do you know Nil? And she's like, oh, is that what he calls himself now? Which is really weird. How do you know who I'm talking about? Um, uh, but she says that, uh, she's like, I wouldn't say well, um, but Geneva says that he was born under a long and dark shadow. Um, 
But he wasn't a knife without a thought behind it, like the Butchers of the Sun Ring. He had honor, old-fashioned, um, and his time in Sunstone Rock had something boiled to the surface. That oh, was, okay. That was it. Boiled to the surface. <laughs> yeah, whatever is going on with him right now is like, I guess Sunstone Rock was like the final catalyst to make him who he is now. Right. So that's mm, okay. that's all she says about him, though. Right. But she seems to care about him, so. Oh, okay. Well, so Geneva, she does not want the prisoners back. She just wants them dead. Uh, she said they had their chance with Sun King's generosity. So she tells you to look for Ulya in the bandit camp. She says Gavon will be at Bright Market trying to pay his way across the river. And says Rasgrund is likely in Dusk Mesa. So, I mean, the first place I head up was the bandit camp because it's the closest. It's like, I mean, they literally could have just went up there them, themselves and taken care of it. That's how close it is to Sunstone Rock. But uh, now this bandit camp does feel a little large. It's built around the wreckage of an airplane. Uh, and it does feel a little different because on top, you, you can't just clear it. You also have to be on the lookout for Ulia, right? Uh, and I mean, there's a lot of like high ground and low ground in this camp. Most of it's high ground, though, you know. Uh, and it has like a lot of those wires that let you walk around from section to section. To section. And I don't know. This might be the most complex bandit camp by design. Maybe. I made a mistake. Well, what did you do? Uh, so when I went in, I went into the gate to the s- south because you have two entrance points because I think this one's set up with like, it might be in the middle of the water or at least it's all barred off on all sides. I think it's just barred off on all sides. So you have like a front entrance right. and a back entrance. And so, you know, I go in and start shooting people like I always do. And I killed Ulia right away. Oh yeah. Well, she's close to the front. Yeah. So. Yeah. And as soon as I killed her. Well, not killed her, but like, you know, knocked her down. I ran over and then talked to her as the bandit Uh, camp was still (laughs) active. Right. And then that teleported me on top of a completely different location from where I was before. And then I like aggroed everything in the area. Oh, no. Like, no, that is weird. That didn't happen to me because even after I talked to her, I was still standing in the same. Was I standing in the same place? They put me up top. Nah. There is a skull enemy right next to me. And I, I was, I didn't pick up the leader sh- silent strike. So I had to shoot him, oh, which then aggroed yeah. everything. Yeah, no, I, uh, you're right. It does move you to inside the camp. It does when you, when you talk to her. So I accidentally pulled the entire camp <laughs> I, like, to the point that I could not even stop them from pulling the alarm. Like I didn't have time. Like, I shot three people. I killed three people trying to pull the alarm and then I just got overwhelmed and I had to back up because, you know, the other people were rushing me and then somebody pulled the alarm. So I had to fight even more enemies. This is the first time I realized you could just shoot the alarm with an arrow instead of having to shove it with a spear. Really? You can? I Mm -hmm. I always thought you had to go up to it. I thought so, too. And I was like, what happens if I shoot this? And then it started leaking out and she was like, well, that'll keep them quiet or something like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, this whole time. Second yep. time playing it. I just walk up to it and, and poke it. So The first time I did a bandit camp with one of those, I couldn't even figure out how to deactivate it. So I've come a very <laughs> long way. <laughs> oh, man. So, but like she died because like when I was moving back, she was one of the people in the front and I ran past one of my traps and boom, it just killed a bunch of them, including her and knocked her down. Uh, so... Yeah, she was, she definitely was melee based because she was charging. Like, she was not like attacking from a distance. But uh, after you're done clearing the area, at least after I was done clearing the area, uh, you can speak with Ulia. No way we could have talked about this, huh? All the Kaja did was talk, talk, bleed, talk, and shackle me. You fought like a Tanakh. I'd have taken you for my child. You can't just take a child. The strong take from the weak. And in the taking, I made stronger. These stories pricked into my skin. Look. Children, riches, lives, and land. All of these have been mine. Drink of my... My blood. And they'll live on. No, Ulya. I've got enough stories to carry. So uh, she was actually impressed with Aloy, and she's all the card to do is talk, but, you know, Aloy fought. 
and she said she would, she would have taken Aloy as her child. And Aloy's like, you just can't take a child. And apparently she says, oh, she says the strong can take whatever they want. You know, that's what that's what she said. Yeah, it seems like she's done it before. So, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Oya mentions that the stories of her tattoos and she says for Aloy to drink her blood so that those the stories could live on. And Aloy like, yeah, she passes. She's like, I've got enough stories. Man, I it's just, a funny interaction. I think it's kind of a funny interaction. I just came from a very interesting side quest. I, I don't want to say anything more, but like after doing that side quest and then doing this bandit camp, like right after, I'm like, what is it with everyone wanting to drink blood? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the what? Yeah. She was like, oh, drink up my blood so I can let my stories can live on. <laughs> you know, and then she dies. Aloy so wasn't was even a- freaked out. She's like, I have my own stories. Like. You're not freaked out by the fact that she was like, drink my blood. No. Yeah, All exactly. Right. <laughs> so, so if, the, if that, if that tribe is in the, fro- the not the frozen wilds uh, in the, uh, the forbidden West, I am curious to see what they're like in mass. Yeah. Uh, because they sound yeah, pretty they're metal. All like, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all <laughs> like her. They could be some trouble. So, but, uh, so the next one I went after was Rasgrund. He's like, I think the next closest in the Dusk Mesa. And this one was a bit disappointing because, first of all, this is the guy who obviously sets off the trap, who sets off the lore, who sets off the escape and everything. And I thought there was going to be more to it. But um, as you're walking into the Mesa, you can see like bombs that are triggered by proximity. And you just got to shoot him to set him off. And I don't know, Raskin, he just kind of talks all the way, you know, like while you're trying to make it through the Mesa. Um, he did ask if the behemoths killed Geneva. But obviously they didn't because we killed the behemoths. Uh, and they call him a trap maker, but he doesn't really have an assortment of traps or good traps at all. Like he just has these little like proximity mine bombs that are in plain sight. Maybe you know? um, I almost ran into one and then I saw it. and I was like, let me back up and scan that real quick. Uh, yeah. Maybe he just didn't have enough time. Uh, but also he just backed himself up into like a dead end. He did, yeah. He, Which doesn't make any sense. No. And if you're right, if he was a trap maker, wouldn't he have, if it was a dead end, more intense traps set up to his location? Yeah, you would think so, but no. But that's the thing. Like He's just, he's just Asaram trap maker. He's a bomb maker, like, for as, far as, as far as I can see. But he doesn't make like in these great traps. So, But either way, once you reach him, he says he gives up, but he has something in his hand. And then, you know, Aloy's like, what is that? And he accidentally drops it. And Aloy runs for cover. But then he dies in the explosion, you know. Accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Sorry, that's what I meant. I do have that in quotes. Like, accidentally he drops it. Because he's like, <laughs> oops, you know. He does. That's the uh, second time he does the oops. The first time he's jumping and he drops a bomb and it blows up. And he's like, oopsie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I did think there would be more to this one. Uh, but there, there just wasn't. And just the fact that he ended up killing himself anyway, like, I mean, he clearly did it on purpose. Like, right. Like he just, he drops the bomb and then, uh, you know, dies. So even though we don't see him die, but still, I I wonder if he did that because he wanted to die, I guess, by the thing that he did and by the thing he loved instead of dying as a prisoner in some camp. Maybe I guess, but once you get rid of get out of the camp, just leave, just leave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just go back home to the to the claim. Maybe they won't that, accept him because he could have worked maybe. for Darval, and so he, maybe he didn't have a place in the claim. Exactly, and Darval is right, right by the claim. So, oh well, I so. guess I did this after the storyline where Darval was captured. So I did it before. So uh. it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> it, it doesn't make a difference. It's still the same thing. So the last person that you go and uh, find is Gavon. And uh, you start your search in Bright Market. You talk to an innkeeper who seems like he's reading a glyph about the Savage Nora. I'm pretty sure the glyph is, glyph is called the Savage Nora. And it talks about being a backward place where women rule men. And this is the one I was talking about where they said that the, they chew tree bark and Howl at the moonlight and stuff like that. Um, he says the might of Carja metal can be deflected by logs there. 
And he says the proving allows men to battle one another to gain favor from their rulers, the women. So like it's all this 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 stuff about the Nora that's not really true. Everybody, and, uh, every Karja believes this too, because every Karja that you run into that's not as uh progressive. Nice, yes, just calls you a savage. Yeah. So you talk to the innkeep, and he's very surprised to see a Nora. You ask him about Gabon. But he says he doesn't know anybody by that name. You know, he was, he was, at first he's like excited to see you. Then he's like, oh no, don't want anything to do with you. You're asking about the wrong people, saying the wrong names. So he's suspicious and he rushes Aloy off. But nothing really comes from that. You just use the focus outside and you find like shackles and footprints. So clearly he knew where he was. I never went back and talked to him though. So maybe if you go back and talk to him, he says something different. I didn't but talk yeah. to him. At that point, when you find the shackles and the footprints, you're just supposed to follow them. And, um, yeah, you find him being tortured by his former partner, Hashiv, and he thinks he's a spy. And you fight Hashiv and his men and then talk to Gavon, uh, which is easy. You know, they're human, so. But, um, yeah, Aloy, you know, Aloy... Well, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, so Gavon says that Hashib already did your job for you because he's like on the verge of dying. And Aoi asks if he really betrayed the card just for credits. And he's like, look, I can tell you anything you want to hear. But ultimately, uh, he says uh, the only thing he regrets is killing a guard because that's what got him caught. So he didn't care about what he did. He cares about getting caught. And then he dies. I really <laughs> love... And this happens a lot of times in this game where people have like their dying breath just tell you something and they just sound completely normal. And then they're, they're just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a weird situation. Like, oh, yeah, I'm basically dead, but let me just tell you all of this and then I'll die. Like, it's yeah. not the only time. Yeah, we've had a, a couple. Best one was the guy who got shot by the stalker so far. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best one. I agree. So, uh, but yeah, after that, all three are dead, and Aloy goes back to Sunstone Rock. You talk to, you know, you tell Geneva what happened, and she, you know, thanks Aloy. Tells her they would have died with or without her, but more people would have been hurt. So she's basically telling Aloy she did, she did a good thing. So uh, maybe Aloy was conflicted a little bit. She was like conflicted a little bit that she did it, but she's like she didn't. They all killed themselves in some way. Even Ulia, she was like with the bandit camp that would eventually get raided probably anyway. She's the only one that could have been a threat. Right. Yeah. She's the one. I definitely killed her myself. Right. <laughs> you know, but the uh, the other two, yeah, um, Razgrin and Razgrin killed himself and Gavon, it, somebody else killed him for us. So, But she was just another bandit at that point. Like it wasn't even a, oh, I feel bad for her. Like she was just a bandit. We're just out here senselessly killing bandits anyway. Right. Well, not senseless. They're bandits. Like Neil said, nobody cares about them. Okay. Well, still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without a conscious. Yep. There we go. There you go. Yeah. So this in Sunstone Rock, which I'm kind of glad there's only one side quest in Sunstone Rock because once you do the cauldron stuff, there's just no reason to go back down there. You know, so having to get, keep getting pulled back down the Sunstone Rock to do different quests. I'm, I'm, decided, I'm glad they decided not to turn it into like some type of quest hub or something like that. But that was good. Uh, now, the last quest that you'll deal with in the jewel is cause for... Well, not the last one, but the one... Yeah, the last like real side quest, you, you don't get it from here, but it's a result of you finishing all the bandit camps is cause for concern, farewell. So once you finish your last bandit camp, Nil will appear on your map, and you just need to go to the marker, and then you can go and talk to Nil. It's so bittersweet. Like a smile for the bloody teeth. What's the matter? You look disappointed. <sighs> oh, the bandit clans are gone. I hear another turned back at the Southern Plains, just at a sniff of the legend we carved. That's what all this bloodshed was for, to end the bandit threat. But now there's nothing left to kill. Unless... No, no. I guess this is our last farewell. After all we've been through, this isn't the place for that. There's a mesa south of Meridian with a view of the spear shafts. Meet me there. And so Nil is a bit sad that all the bandit camps are gone. Says the other bandits 
uh, turn back after hearing about them. And Aloy's like, well, okay, well, this is goodbye. And Nell says, you know, this isn't the place for that. And ask Aloy to meet him in the spear shafts. So, which is in the jewel. You want to say something or no? Oh, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I halfly. I was scratching my lip in a weird oh, way. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Uh, and so, you know, once Aloy, she climbs to the location that Nil told her to go to, you know, you get a chance to speak again. No. I did wonder on my way here. Well, if you were luring me into an ambush. Where's the fun in that? Some bandit sprawl would never have done for our arena. But this, much better. There's a sense of drama. So, what do you say? How about we try to kill each other? Wait, you brought me out here to ask if I want to fight you? To the death. We'll savor it because we only get this one time. Actually, I don't know what else I expected. If this is how it has to end, Nil. Everything does. Only, you are so conscientious. I wouldn't want to push you into something that wasn't genuine. Especially death. There's nothing more genuine. That's very thoughtful of you. So Nil, he wants to fight to the death. And you can decline. And then he's just like really disappointed that you declined. But he will show up later in the game for you. You don't get that much dialogue out of him. Like, unless you got more dialogue out of him when you declined. Uh... No, so I so Aloy says like she flatters that you or she's flattered, but like I don't want to kill you. And he's like, "Come on, don't be hasty. It's Hunter against uh, Hunter, and blah blah blah." And she's like, "Is that really what you want? Like, I don't, uh, I I don't think this is it." Um, but I felt so bad because he's like, "Then it's over. Your last arrow was the cruelest." Like so dramatic. But then if yeah. you talk to him again, he just goes. It's true. I offered you this choice, but my heart is broken. Like he just gets like super sad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know he's just like super disappointed if you say no. I said yes. Like, yeah, I'll fight you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, you weirdo. <laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> Christina, she's, she I, really likes Nil. I love Nil so much. Uh, yeah, so. You know, and when you say you'll fight, you get a bunch of chances to change your mind. You get a bunch of chances to change your mind. Uh, so he's a human, so obviously he's an easy target. Even though I will say he does not burn as easily as other as other enemies did. I actually ended up like shocking him, which held him in place for a while, and then just arrowing him down. That's what I ended up doing to him. Uh, but once you he die, once you defeat him, you know you get another dialogue with him. And he's like, oh, don't look so concerned. And he always knew it would end this way since the first time that we met. And he says, but honestly, I thought I could take you. And then he dies. <laughs> like, this, this is what he says right before. So is there an option to take him down but then not kill him? No. Mm-mm. This is not Metal Gear. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> <laughs> no pacifist. Darn. No pacifist. Yeah, you, you fight, fight. There's also a metal flower up there for you to get. So, yeah. So... On my PS4 playthrough, Nell is alive. On my PC playthrough, he is not. <laughs> I got the metal flower before. I think this is the metal flower that I got that I was talking about earlier. That I got the, the flower. Shot, yeah. Then I went to the the tall neck, and then I went to fight Red Maw. Yeah, this is really close to where that tall neck is. So yeah. this is the spear shafts. That's right. That tall neck is the spear shafts tall neck. So yeah. So I actually did get him in the jewel because my final one was the jewel. So it was very convenient. Um. And then I had some guards just be really rude because I'm wearing the Nora heavy armor. Uh, right. And they're like, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but I wish you'd stop wearing those hideous Nora outfits. And I'm like, excuse me? A guard said that me? to you? Yeah, someone in the, the cleared out bandit camp. Oh, wow. Pretty sure it was I a didn't guard. Know they re- I did not realize they, 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 they responded to your guard because so I had the Karja one on for the longest time and I have forgot to upgrade it. I'm <sighs> back in Nora stuff now. Yeah, yeah, no, he was so rude. I was like, sir, I just saved your life. Exactly. Especially since the Karja one made me look like a turkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the Nora one is like the least ridiculous looking outfit, I feel like. The heavy armor, it just looks like normal clothes. Yeah, and the Banuke one actually looks pretty cool too. 
so I the, I would say the Karja the Karja one is the most ridiculous, and then the, and then the the Osram one is the second most ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so that's the jewel. That's the side quests of the jewel. I mean, there's a couple other things. Well, not necessarily a couple other things, but there's other things to do in the jewel or near the jewel. But uh, we'll get into those in another another episode. I mean, not too far from that because we're almost done with the game, right? Uh, but yeah, so. I think the on our next episode we're gonna start talking about Bright Market. Maybe slide into the rust wash. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but Christina, how you feeling? Uh, relieved that a portion of the map was done at this point, but really sad because the jewel is such a. I think the jewel is the best area in the game, not as far as looks, but as far as like how everything is spaced. It just, I feel like right. everything is kind of right. Like, enemies are in a really good spot. Um, all of the side quests and all the locations. Like, it doesn't just feel empty. I feel like a lot of this, especially in the desert, I get it. It's like a desert. It just feels super empty with, like, not too much. So I feel like they did the jewel really, really well. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I can I can agree with that. Um, because yeah, even in the Sun Steps, which is, I don't know if you want to, if you would call that desert. You know, like I said, it looks like Arizona. So, yeah. uh, and everything yeah, has her- intention too. Like you can just do something and then run into something else. Whereas if you go more north, like there's complete side quests that you can totally miss because you don't, there's no reason you'd be in that part of the map. Right. Yeah. I think the most missed side quest in the game is in the Sun Steeps because there's no reason to go to this one place unless you are specifically just trying to get a campsite and then you'll see it. Yeah. So that's something we're going to talk about. And that's what I see people say online. I went there because I knew there was a quest there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I know what you mean. So, yeah, I think um, going through Bright Market. Bright Market, honestly, I'll I'll expand more on this a little, you know, in the next episode. But this is my least favorite area of the game. Bright Market is? Yeah, Bright Market is. I felt like I was stuck in Bright Market for a very long time i actually the sunstone rock quest because i accepted that and then did all of the bright market stuff i actually did that one first um yeah but it's such a small area that has so much it just it felt like it was too much for one spot for just like one side it only has three quests it has three side quests they felt very long that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we'll uh we'll get into that next episode we'll let the listeners decide but uh, yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you enjoy the show, you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and the Mashless Buttons Network, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash themashnetwork. Uh, Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, I'm also the host of a podcast called Wondrous Tales, where we cover Final Fantasy XIV content. So come listen, because we're cool. All right. And you can find me streaming on twitch.tv slash mashless button sometimes but you can also find me on twitter at josh Tradamus. and uh yeah we love to have you join our discord like i said earlier which is mash.gg slash discord and we love for you to come to us with your comments and questions about the show about the game so yeah just do that in discord or you can reach out to us on twitter or you can also send us an email at contact at mash.gg if you enjoy the show one of the best ways to help us out is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you want to take support a bit further, you can go to mtb.gg slash support. You can find see all the ways you can support Mash Buttons, including Patreon, we have Teespring Store, uh, we have Twitch subscriptions, uh, Humble Bundle affiliate links, and one-time PayPal donation. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons and its other shows. And uh, yeah, with that, we're done for this episode. We will see you on episode 21. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. 
All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash themashnetwork, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 